0: You're listening to a Cripple & Co. production.
1: This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at ComeAsYouAre.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. We call it Slicking the Bean, Choking the Chicken, <laughs> Giving Yourself a Hand, Auditioning Finger Puppets. There's a million and one names for the old five-finger shuffle, and yet hundreds of millions of people are unable to sauce the taco due to disability, aging, or illness. That's where we come in, if you'll pardon the phrase. At Bumpin', we've created the world's first accessible sex toy so people with limited mobility, hand issues, and disabilities can celebrate Palm Sunday just like everyone else. If you agree that everyone deserves sexual pleasure, help us spread the self love and fund an orgasm for those in need. Give the gift of the big O at getbumpin.com. That's G E T B U M P N.com. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by clonowilly.com Clonawilly and clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at clonowilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout... You can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own clone a willy or clone a pussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you, and they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own Clone A or Clone A Pussy kit right now, head over to clonawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember, this is a deal that cannot be cloned. Hey there, friends. It's your disabled... Well, well, let's try that out again. Hey there, friends. It's your favorite disabled person on the internet. Hello, it's Andrew Gerza here, very quickly popping in to say that on top of this amazing podcast that you listen to every other week, I want to let you know of a new little side hustle that I've created for myself, and I wanted to invite you to partake in, if you so choose. One of the things that I do for my family every year on their birthdays is I sing them a Marilyn Monroe-type happy birthday song. kind of goes like this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Okay, you get the idea. So it's like that. And I, I decided to do it for sale, and I wanted to send you... All a sexy, breathy Marilyn Monroe esque birthday message, or any kind of message that you want. Whether it be inspirational, whether it be motivational, whether it be a funny message for me. So I would love to invite you. If you wanted to get a unique, fun gift for yourself or for someone else, you can pop over to paypal dot com. Sorry, paypal dot me, dot me slash Andrew Gerza, and give me ten bucks. And I'll send you a hilarious message, gift for your friends, for yourself, for whoever you like. And if you want me to do it in a breathy Marilyn Monroe voice, I will do that for you. But I just thought I would throw this out on the podcast and offer that to you. So send me an email at at andrewgirza.com and let me know if you want it, what kind of message you want. And I will make that for you right here in my home studio from your favorite disabled person, me, Andrew Gerza. Thanks, friends. Get yours today. Bye. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised.
0: This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant,
1: Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends, and thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I am your favorite disabled person on the internet, Andrew Gerza. Let us get comfy, cozy, and crippled, and get today started, shall we? Friends, what a disability journey I am having today. I'm going to do some real talk with you right now. I am recording this after having an IBS bout. A poo belt, A poo belt, A hard shit bout. And I am just not feeling super great. So as I'm recording, I just had diarrhea. I just had my attendant care workers clean me up. And I just had all these emotions about it. Because I was like, this is really frustrating. Realizing how much care you need. And realizing how much assistance I need to do basic things when my body breaks down. And when my body doesn't do what I want it to do. It can be really triggering for me when it doesn't work exactly the way that it's supposed to work. And I think one of the things that I'm struggling with a lot, and I continually, I continually learn how to manage this and navigate this, but it is really hard, is I have known how to be disabled my whole life. I know what it is to have a physical disability. That part I understand. I know how to do that. I've known that for almost 39 years now. My birthday is on May 6th. If anybody wants to get me gifts, my birthday is May 6th, so you got some time. But I've known that for almost 39 years. I know how to be disabled. Know how to do that. One of the things that I'm struggling with is how do I be chronically ill? How do I bring that into the fold? And this is something with my IBS and with all my poo stuff, and I talk about this really openly on my social media. But that's one of the things that I find really tough to navigate, is how do I be disabled, and chronically ill at the same time, and that's kind of where I am today. So as I'm recording, I just had an IBS flare, a diarrhea attack, my tummy's really sore, but I'm I'm in the recording studio just for you lovely folks, and I'm excited to get today started, and I'm here for you. If any of you are feeling unwell, get comfy, cozy, and crippled, and, and listen to this amazing show that I have for you, and I, I'm here for you if you are... Chronically ill and disabled, and you're struggling with that too, I'm here for you. But enough of my rambling. Let's, um, get the show started and tell you who my guest is. Alright, friends. Sometimes it takes me a long time to release episodes because I run this show 100% by myself. I have, I'm fully, I do it, I, I've told you this a number of times. I do it by myself in, in my home studio. And it takes me a while sometimes to get the shows out there. So this episode today, I'm so excited to introduce you to my new friend, Danny Saldo, who is a Canadian songwriter and actually has worked with my brother a couple times in the music industry in Toronto. Um, And we talked to her about her experience being multiply disabled, having fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, and... Having a trim, possibly a traumatic brain injury, and what that, what that means for her in being a creator, and what that means for hustle and grind culture, and what that means for her experiences, you know, as a musician, and what that means for her, um, going from really non disabled to visibly disabled quite quickly, and kind of the grief that she experienced going through that. So we recorded this probably about, 11 months ago, we recorded this last May, and I'm just getting to it now, but I'm listening back, it's a really powerful interview. I listened to the first half an hour, and I was like, wow, this is a really good interview. She's somebody you want to get to know. We talk about the music industry and disability. We talk about her, like I said, her grief around becoming more visibly disabled, and so many other important things, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. So without further ado, enough of my rambling. Here is my new friend, and yours, Danny Saldo right here on Disability After Dark. Danny Seldo, hello.
0: Hello, thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for being on Disability After Dark. How are you today?
0: I'm okay. Weird. It's a weird time right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're on the tail end of COVID and things oh, yeah. are, you know, why, why?
0: Weird time. Um, I'm saying
1: tail end with like cautious. Like big, very
0: cautious. Yeah.
1: Like, maybe we are. Who knows?
0: Who knows? Time doesn't exist anymore because COVID isn't real.
1: Right? Exactly. But
0: like, as in the time within COVID is not real.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I know nothing about you other than when I creeped on your Instagram yeah. last yeah. night getting ready for this show. And I'm so excited to have you here. And I noticed mm-hmm. when I was creeping on your Instagram that you were friends with my brother, Alex yeah. Kids or yeah. sorry, Alexander, Alexander Saint is his professional yeah. name, um, yeah. and I was like, that's cool, and then, of course, I looked in more into who you were, and I was like, oh, she does music, of course they're connected, of course, <laughs> so I think that's cool, and I think you have a, I think it's cool that you have a connection to my family, wow, awesome.
0: Um, <laughs> I found you through, like, he posted a picture of you guys, and I was just like, oh, who's this, and then <laughs> I you had a podcast, and then I fell into, like, a wormhole of like your podcast and your content. And I was just Oh like, amazing. Oh my god, I need to talk to this guy because he's so cool.
1: What um what picture did you do you remember what picture it was? Don't Is it us being goofs?
0: I think it's like you and baby Alex.
1: Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I know exactly the photo. Yeah yeah that's yeah. great. No we we've we've been bros for life obviously we're brothers but like we we're Yeah are super...
0: literally bros for life.
1: Yeah. We're like super close. He's a good dude. Um, And so when I saw that you, when I saw that you worked with him, I was like, that's cool. Like he's, you know, he's in the Toronto music scene and he's in the Canadian music scene really hard.
0: The other day. And it was so much fun. We just wrote about like how it was super nice and sunny and neither of us wanted to go out. We were just like, screw that. Do not want to go outside. Yeah, no.
1: (laughs) Doesn't matter how nice it is. But enough of your connection to my brother. Uh, (laughs) Let's, uh, why don't we jump into a little bit about who you are and what you do.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, my name is Danny Saldo. I'm an artist and I'm a songwriter. Um, And I write songs for like film and TV. I'm also Filipino and I love bubble tea.
1: (laughs) Amazing. I love bubble tea. What's your favorite bubble tea?
0: Um, Gongcha. Gongcha is my favorite bubble tea brand because the tea like, I love my bubble tea to actually taste like tea. And so, like, when it's a good mix, I'm just like...
1: I don't think I've had that one.
0: It's really good. Gongsha is really good. I think there's, like, a lot of... There's a lot of shops all over Toronto.
1: Yeah, yeah. Toronto. There's one... I can't remember where it is, but there's one that I had, and mm-hmm. it's not bubble tea, but it's milk tea. Yeah. And it's my favorite. I don't remember who they are, and I wish I could, because I'd give them a shout out.
0: Royalty. Allie. Um, I
1: think it's... I think it's... alley.
0: think Ali's good. Ali's great.
1: I think I'm pretty sure that's who it is. And my Mm -hmm. friend would always bring it over to me. We would like sit and gorge ourselves on bubble tea. It was great.
0: Yes, that's the way you should be. (laughs) That's the way to be.
1: It's a summertime Toronto institution, bubble tea. Like you have to.
0: Really, it really, really is.
1: It so is. Um. So, so you like bubble tea? You're Filipino, which is cool because I know a lot of Filipinos in in. In the care home where I live, most of the staff here are Filipino. That so, <laughs> i I am slowly learning. I'm not good at it, but I'm slowly learning like a little bit, of, a little bit of like Tagalog, Tagalog slang. And oh my like, God,
0: what, have you, what have you learned?
1: All the bad words. I can say. I can say like wh- I can say which, I can say, abuser. I can say, what <laughs> I can say. <laughs> I can say
0: in a care home, those are very important to know. If yeah, happen, they're not great.
1: Yeah, I can say um, slang for genitals. I can say like, I, I know a lot of weird things that I picked up over the years. It's so funny!
0: It's always those stuff that Filipinos tend to teach.
1: Yeah, like I know, I know so many bad words. Yeah. I know, I know, like random words for like farm animals. Hmm. Boboy pig yeah or like pato for duck yeah yeah just really random because yeah. i'll be like tell me all the slang or like i'll be like tell me different words and so they'll, they'll slowly teach me and so i'm in no way fluent but i know if you like <laughs> i can make the i can make the filipino staff laugh
0: You yeah you can make them laugh
1: yeah definitely um so what I want to jump into, I mean, I love, I love all the tangents. We're already going on, amazing. Okay. <laughs> but I'd love to jump into a little bit about your experience with disability. And i love if you could start with, I ask every guest this at the beginning, what are your disabilities and how do they play a role in your day-to-day life?
0: Okay, so I have fibromyalgia, I have chronic fatigue syndrome, and then I have a brain injury and we're trying to figure out if I have aphasia because sometimes I have aphasia, but sometimes I can speak well. Um, yeah. And within like the brain injury, there's a bunch of like other tiny diagnoses that it's a long, long list. And it's just easier to say, sometimes my brain don't work. I um, mean,
1: mine too, right? I've yeah. been there.
0: Literally, sometimes it's just like, I have one brain cell I have half of one brain cell sometimes
1: yeah and yeah. sometimes you literally have zero I know I know I've yeah. been there I've <laughs> but been with there.
0: fibro it's um it means before this call 30 minutes before it, I was in bed like ah, oh, good morning it's 3 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> fatigue syndrome I'm like ah I woke up early today <laughs> <laughs> like we I I do like a bunch of writing camps because I'm a songwriter and I like organize them and we had like a really long one um and then my friend came back to like my place with me when we were like done and I was like I'm gonna hibernate after this writing camp and I wasn't joking and she was very concerned because she's like Danny you've slept for 14 hours and I'm like that's a good amount of you're
1: like yeah that's a Tuesday for me what are you talking about
0: Yeah, literally, I was like, that's a Tuesday for me. Um, But then my brain injury means sometimes I walk a little wibbly wobbly. I got a cute little cane that helps me walk. Um, Sometimes mouth work don't do.
1: Um,
0: and Like it it happens. It's really interesting because it's like I record myself. So sometimes I have to hear myself sing and I'm like, oh, that's a good take. And then the lyrics will be like, I'm trying to think of like a lyric. I want you to hurt like I do or something like that. And I'll hear it back. It's, it's do. And I'm just like, <laughs> "Oh, that's not, or or the complete opposite. I'm bilingual. And then sometimes I'm like, I think I'm speaking English. And then my friends are like, we have no idea what you said.
1: Yeah, not sure what.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, do you think as a songwriter, like, do you think talking about, having all these disabilities as a songwriter is something you want to get into, or you're afraid to do, or you're doing already?
0: Yeah. Like, I want to talk about it more because I feel like there isn't really, I don't know a lot of like songwriters that talk about these kind of things and how it affects their day-to-day life. Like I know a lot of able-bodied songwriters and their journey and their workflow and how they navigate the industry is so different than the way I yeah. navigate it. Like, Grind culture is just straight up ableism.
1: I mean, straight up, hundred percent ableism, period. The yeah. end.
0: And it's like, just so interesting to like navigate it as someone with like limited energy and limited brain power. Cause they're like, Yeah, I was working all day every day. And I was like, I was nothing.
1: Cool, I'll be there for I'll be there for one hour of it, and the rest I'll be asleep. Like
0: yeah, I'll be I'll be there and I'll function, but then afterwards. It's sleep time, <laughs> and I
1: think you know, you know, because and again, in, in our social media, post social media world, like we see so yeah. much of grand culture, especially when it comes to musicians and the like, the way you work and like you know, Alex is a musician, and so I see what he has to go through to just to do a session or to go. Like I don't see all of it because I'm never there, but I see him like running off to sessions and always working. And like when you have a disability, like you do and multiple disabilities like you do, having to just be like, fuck it, I can't. That must be hard.
0: Yeah, it's it's super hard. It's it's made me have to, like, since I don't have as much energy as my able-bodied homies in the industry, like, I have to work smart, not hard. And if I work hard, it that means I'm taking a fat nap afterwards. And, like, being more intentional about, what I do choose to give my energy to and what I don't give my energy to has been like, you know, it's like, I only have this many spoons. So I'm going to give it to the, the opportunities and the time that enriches me and energizes me rather than I was working like 24, seven, three, six, five. Like I'm like, yeah, I need some work-life balance in there. That is not healthy.
1: Yeah. Right? And, we need, and you need, you need time for rest. And I think you'll, people with disabilities know how important rest is and all the rest of us are like, ah, oh, you can rest when you're dead. It's like, no, you need to rest now or you will be dead. It's like, what do you... Like,
0: what's the point of working all of the time if you don't get to rest or relax or have fun? Like, you'll be burnt out so fast.
1: Yeah, so, so fast. Um, I'll go, I want to get back to, to, like, songwriting and disability in a minute because I had yeah. a question that, that, like, popped in my brain that I'm putting a pin in and I'm going to ask this in a second, but first... Go
0: back to
1: it. <laughs> I want to ask you, like, one of the things you mentioned in the questionnaire that I really think is important is yeah. the shift from being able-bodied to, be, to being visibly disabled. That's yeah. a shit show. Um, it's shit show. And I'd love to just have you, like, share that experience.
0: Yeah. Um, so basically, I think I've always had fibromyalgia. So, like, I was just kind of vibing with it, and it was kind of, um, it wasn't, The easiest to manage, but it was like something that I didn't really need like mobility aids or stuff or like extra help with. But right, like a year or two ago, I was like in a car accident, and that's where I got my brain injury from. And like it completely changed my life. And like all of a sudden, like I like when the car accident happened, I was like super low key about it because I didn't want anyone to know because I was like kind of ashamed of the fact that I wasn't functioning the way I used to function. But like, I was at home and I was walking and when I would walk, I would always walk like this. I would wibble wobble (laughs) and like I couldn't walk in a straight line. I was always falling down. Um my head hurt whenever I saw like lights and like because of that my legs got a lot weaker and just have progressively been getting weaker. So I had to like I was like I just I was like, damn it, I I need I need help. I need to have something that helps me walk. And so I was like, I was like, screw it. I'm going to buy a cane. I don't have to use it all of the time, but maybe if it's helpful, I will use it. And then I bought the cane and I, it's been my homie ever since.
1: I mean, I, I love, I love kind of that journey of like, not that I love it, you but I love that it's something you went through because I think all of us do of yeah. that shame of like, oh, I'm, something happened and it's gonna change now like yes. that shame is so real and so valuable and I think for and how old are you again
0: I'm 20 I just turned 23
1: oh you're still a you're okay. still a young still a
0: gentle, little baby
1: you're a young person of the world um I just yeah. turned 38 so I feel a million years old with you but like but like you know okay. I remember being 23 mm-hmm. and I remember being um having disabilities have happened to me and being so afraid to admit that to myself and like how did you get to a place where saying I'm a person with a disability like became a thing you did
0: um I think like I didn't really have a choice like I did have a (laughs) choice I didn't because I was i And like this has just been an internal battle I've been fighting for a long time I've like especially in the music industry I didn't want to be labeled as the disabled artist and just be pigeonholed as just that I was trying so hard not to like talk about it and then I just realized not talking about it just perpetuated this like internal like ableism inside of me and I was just yeah I was like right now I'm realizing like so much of my life revolves around my disability and how it's affected me and the grief that I feel like like it's kind of been slow and fast at the same time because when the car accident hit my fibro and my chronic fatigue syndrome just got not, not great. It got really unmanageable and um, having it be more unmanageable just kind of made me realize like it is a big part of my identity and I'm lying to myself if I said it, it wasn't. And like having to grieve the person that I was was like really hard and still something that I'm like figuring out as I feel like most people do but it was it was just such a shift and I was just like I think like in saying stuff about it and talking about my experience and taking up space yeah um, it's helped me to like be like okay I am a person with a disability and I'm all of these other things and being a person with a disability isn't inherently bad which I felt like at the beginning of my disability journey I was like if I say I'm a disabled person people will think I'm a liability when I come to like sessions because they'll know like oh I sleep a lot I can't go upstairs so I can't heavy lift and it was just like it's just like there isn't a lot of like representation I feel like that is and loud about being disabled so I was just like I'll just do it for myself. I'll talk about it for myself and then just see how it makes me feel. And so far, talking about it makes me feel good and like I'm not hiding it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, but, and you know, get excited because I can tell you from from being being a disabled person too, like that feeling you have, unfortunately that never goes away. Like that's never gonna go away. Um, It's gonna be with you. Every time you go to a session, every time you meet, you meet a new person, every time you like, and I wish it wasn't that way, but it just is that way.
0: Yeah, it, it's so because like before the car accident, I was the type of person where I was I was in school, I was getting like my bachelor's of business, and I would, was in school full time. But then after school, I would end class at like five pm or something, and then after school from five pm to like. Midnight, I would go do sessions and then I would in the morning track vocals. and I was always, always working because I could manage that. And then all of a sudden, boom car accident, you can barely look at a screen,
1: <laughs> yeah. you can barely
0: look at a screen and walk and talk. So deal with that. Also, I'm charging my laptop because it's going bye bye. Oh, that's
1: not good. <laughs> Let's not have it die in the middle of our amazing conversation. Um. But so, you know, one of the things I love talking about on this show, and I think is so important, is yeah. what I call disability grief. And kind yeah. of what you've been yeah. describing is, is, I think, disability grief. How have you, like, other than talking about it and kind of putting it out in, putting disability more prominently in the, like, music space.
0: Yeah.
1: How do you, like, how do you manage that grief? I
0: think I manage it by, like kind of just integrating it more into my life and having it be I think by talking about it it gives it less power I think and like kind of normalizes it like within when I um I like started getting back into sessions, so I was like um in November I was in LA with my writing team um and I saw the
1: photos I was jealous I was like oh wow so cool
0: yeah it was really it's really cool out there but we were we were out there and I was starting to do sessions and I do like vision therapy because a lot of like my brain injury stuff presents as visual stuff so like my peripheral view just doesn't exist and my eyes don't focus and it like if I see flashing lights it will take me out um so I had a meeting with my like my health team and my writing team and my health team was basically like, here's what you gotta know about Danny's brain and the way that it functions and doesn't <laughs> function. Uh, so they were like kind of briefed on like brain injury 101 and like this is what you need to know like practically in sessions, like if you're going out to places with flashing lights, make sure Danny has her sunglasses, make sure she takes her cane with her even though she says no, it's fine, i can totally get around without yeah, it. Yeah, even
1: though she's had the rhythm she will... Don't listen to her. Let it just say no and make her do it. Sure.
0: And like kind of letting cause they're my writing team's basically like my family. And so them knowing that I have this stuff and these limitations um was just like so helpful to make it like normal. Um and it helps me talk about like when I'm having like a shitty day and I'm just like, Ah, why can't I do the thing? And then talking to my friends about it. They're like well, Danny, to put in perspective, you can't do this thing because a car literally hit you. <laughs> so you you can't expect yourself to do the thing. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just really nice to have like a community and like friends who get it. and
1: Yeah, or who are at least like willing to get it and yeah. willing to learn about yeah. it with you. And
0: it, it helps me like process the grief by just like talking about it because like, I'm always going to be grieving it, but it's nice to have, like, a way to be, like, today, today is a brain injury said fuck you day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I play that game with um, with my disabilities all the time. Like, the mm-hmm. fact that we're recording right now is I'm shocked because I'm almost certain that, like, 20 minutes before I talk to you, my body was going to be like, nope, not happening today. So the fact <laughs> that it's, yeah, so the fact that it's happening is, like, whoa, I mean, oh, yeah
0: we're doing it dude
1: yeah but like I understand totally the pressure of if you cancel or if for you if it's a hibernation day like people think you're a flake they think you're not reliable and like I can imagine in your industry how hard that must be
0: it's so hard it's so hard especially when like in the back of my mind I know that the people who are most successful are the people who show up on time and early and are energized and ready to go and some days I just can't be that person I cannot I cannot be that person and it's weird you know
1: yeah I do know I know I, I'm literally the person that's like cool we scheduled this podcast for this day um it's 20 minutes before I'm gonna have to move it to someday in the future when I don't have to think about it right now and you know people have come back to me and been like you know you you have to change things around a lot and I'm like I know Sorry, it's disability.
0: Sorry, I just I just got to do what's best for me.
1: Like, how do you think, because the music industry is so built on the hustle and grind mentality, like, how do you think we can talk about ableism in, like, in, like, music industry spaces and be like, hey, this is a problem?
0: I think just everyone, <laughs> I think everyone in the music industry just needs to take a vacation for, like, a month take a vacation for a month don't think about music and just realize like how good it is to have a work-life balance a lot of people in the music industry I feel like it's good to have music as your whole life and also like you have friends who aren't in the music industry probably you have family who aren't in the music industry probably and like being able to talk with them and like hang out with them and develop more things outside of music I think it's just it's just healthy like it's an accessibility thing it's just healthy but on that note (laughs) accessibility no one why why, like I it's really awkward sometimes because sometimes people will think about like oh yeah so like there are these stairs you have to get up to and then everyone just slowly like hey Danny (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just like you guys are gonna have to carry me up these stairs so I hope you're so, ready to treat me the pr- like the princess I am <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just so many little things that I don't think people who aren't disabled think about yeah um, and just like I think like one stairs enemy horrible why, yeah,
1: why do why we I- have them why did <laughs> anyone ever make them yeah
0: he decided to do that and then like flashing lights that's cool sometimes but now that I'm like someone who's photosensitive I'm like this is unnecessary (laughs) we can have you can have a cool concert and light shows without going
1: (laughs) yeah you don't need strobes you don't need all like you don't really need all that like
0: and just like it's I, I think there just needs to be like more space to be like hey like what are your accessibility needs like even as people who aren't disabled like everyone has different needs and just having that conversation and being aware and cognizant of the fact that everyone got different needs is just so it's like it's like starting a conversation going what are your pronouns
1: yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah I couldn't agree more I also think like because we're talking about music we're both mm-hmm. from Toronto and you know how inaccessible the Toronto fucking music scene is like I love concerts and I love going to places and I love all that stuff but I hate how inaccessible every yes. single fucking concert venue in Toronto is
0: every venue it's just horrible I I don't get it because I'm just like this just feels unnecessary
1: yeah like
0: be like, aware that like
1: and don't we have a law in Ontario AOda that's supposed to make all this accessible like what the hell guys come on
0: I think like part of it is some of these venues have been open since before we were a thought inside of our parents (laughs) (laughs) you know like before we were even close to being conceived uh, like they were just made in a way that where people weren't talking and like I I think like there's just I, I think about this sometimes way too much and I was like if I was born in like any time other than now they'd be like you can't walk death
1: yeah it's over or you're not going anywhere or like yeah yeah and especially because you're a racialized person you certainly would not be alive like i
0: would anytime my friends are like oh my god i wish i was in i was in like i was wrong and i was born in the wrong age i'm like (laughs) i wasn't dude i'm barely born in this right age
1: yeah yeah like it's so and also like you know can any of us put our phone down for five seconds? How would you survive in like 18th century, whatever, because you wouldn't have a phone.
0: I have no, I would just be like the siren in the 18th century pub, like, (laughs) I'm just operating my way out of there. But like, I I don't know. I just think that there should be like, you know how when you're at the airport, you can be like, I need help. Give me a wheelchair. I can do stuff. Or give me a wheelchair I can't do steps or somebody hold my hand through baggage check or like that kind yeah. of, there should be that option at concert venues there should be like like I I don't remember where it was but there was one venue where I got like charged extra because I wanted to sit down because I have excessive yeah I have ex, I was like
1: in uh, Toronto
0: yeah in Toronto I don't remember where it was but I remember being there and going because, like I was just
1: yeah, that doesn't sit right with me at all. No, no. That's like, yucky. An accessibility tax? Like fuck off. The answer is no.
0: Dude, my like people who are disabled, our our like way of living is already so expensive. Yeah. Why they give us more? Why give why?
1: us more? why? Um, okay. So before we switch gears, I wanna ask you, do mm. you think there's ever a point in when you're writing music for yourself or for anybody else? Do you think that you might incorporate songs about disability? Like, I've been saying for years, I would fucking love it if somebody wrote an album about ableism. Like, can...
0: That's literally what I'm doing, like, right now. Like, that's what I'm in the process of doing. Like, I was was listening to the songs that I wrote, and I was just like, this is just me. (laughs) I was listening to the songs that I wrote, and I was just like, this is just me going through all the stages of grief. But instead of, like oh no we like broke up and i'm grieving that it's oh no i broke up with myself and the able-bodied version of myself and now i'm grieving that <laughs>
1: oh my god i mean that better be a fucking banger that's gonna be
0: I hope so it's really interesting because all of the songs sound like they're about like breakups but then like in the context of me it's just me like grieving myself um and like if there's anyone who's on a granting body in Canada and Ontario that wants to give me money to fund this, I just want to say,
1: Hey, Hey Ontario arts council, Canada arts <laughs> <Arch> council. <laughs> somebody,
0: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna up. Up. Yeah, literally. I like so much of my, I think I just, yeah, I just put out a song. It was called 22 and the tagline was just like, I don't want to get older. I don't, what was the, oh, damn it. I'm forgetting my own lyrics. I I don't want another year where I just want to disappear and stay in bed was like one of the hooks. And I was just saying, like, basically, like, that was me going, I don't want to be fucking disabled. (laughs) I don't want to be in bed all the time. Like, give me something other than that. And just feeling that grief and that pain is what I've been working on right now.
1: You should call the album. (laughs) You can do it this way you want, but you should totally call it babelism
0: I, I'm saving that for like I'm going to do this first one it's like cute like I'm the girl next to and I'm also disabled but when I go into my whole era, babelism
1: yeah, give me a it deal, you. it's yours take it and do with it what you
0: like <laughs> I'm taking it, I will be using it you will see me in my ca- I'll. <laughs> oh my god, one of one of my friends, her name is Arcana and she makes like stripper pop
1: <laughs> amazing
0: this is amazing and like I've always just been joking like with my cane I'm gonna like learn how to like pole dance but just with a cane and I'm just gonna be like.
1: I've never seen it but I support it so much.
0: <laughs> my hot girl era coming soon to a screen and ears near you.
1: Yeah when you do your, when you go full ho I, 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 100% <laughs> yeah. there it. Well,
0: well, when I break out of my like I'm so cute and palatable I'm gonna go full ho. <laughs> just all these and it's just me in like in like i don't know bds clothes and like my pain will extend into
1: a stripper pole i mean i'm I, yes to all of those things yes please um <laughs> so the segue out of that is one of the things you wrote down and i want to talk about because it's important. one of the things you said in the forum was being in your 20s and being disabled just tell me all the stories my god.
0: Oh my god. So disability grief was just we've talked about it. It sucks but it sucks even more being a person in their early 20s and it's like I was like okay I'm gonna be working I'm gonna be doing school I'm gonna graduate I'm gonna travel a lot I'm gonna do all of these things bam car accident you can't do any of them <laughs> <laughs> and like seeing people my age and my friends do things that I just straight up can't do it was heartbreaking. Like I was supposed to graduate last year, but because of the, um, because of the brain injury, I had to drop out of school. And I had like oh. job offers from like labels and stuff like as to like intern as like a marketing person. Yeah. I was, like, I can't do it anymore. I have I, my brain don't work and I can't look at screens for the next year. <laughs> and like, stuff like that and then I got like it was so bad so much bad timing was happening like I got all of these cool opportunities like I got that cool job offer I was doing really well at school I had a I had a 4.0 GPA um,
1: wow I never uh, had that never wow wow
0: Oh, so smart and then like i had i got a bursary from um the toronto arts council being like hey here's all of these things that you can do but you have to be in toronto and use screens and i had to like move back to guelph so that i could like be close to all of my health stuff and like yeah the, like friends that could like help me out and i was like bye bye opportunities oh make- so
1: you had to like let all those opportunities go and like that's yeah. It's hard, like, it's hard. and it's. I remember being twenty, my twenties, and brushing up against ableism and being like, "How the fuck do I manage this? Like, this is hard, and I can't. I don't know if I like. I didn't have words for ableism when I was in my twenties. I can't. Like, the fact that you do, first of all, is amazing, and it's important that like. It's awesome that you know what it is, because yeah. most kids in their twenties are like, "What? I don't. What? So the fact that you're talking about it so what? openly is great. So
0: many times like people. <laughs> Because, like, I can, like, walk, like, tiny, like, in my house, I don't need my cane, but if I'm, like, going upstairs or going out on a walk, I need my cane, and so sometimes people will see me, and then they're just like, is that a pimp cane? Is that, like, a (laughs) yesterday? Why do you have that? And I'm just, like, and it's always funny to just be like, I'm disabled, and then the look of regret on their face Like,
1: oh.
0: Oh, I said that. And it's just really funny, because, I don't know, a lot of my friends they like it's really easy to find me in a crowd you just go Asian girl with a cane and then one person me will turn around
1: <laughs> basically um no but I, like I remember being in my 20s and how hard that was to try to make friends and to try to be like out there and to try to like, like you. oh it was hard I and I was kind of a loner like I tried making friends I tried being cool I tried going to bars I did all the stuff everyone else did but I always was like I never quite fit here yes so I'm just gonna like immerse myself in what I like to do and be lonely inside never talk about it but I'm gonna just I'm not gonna deal with it because I tried and it's hard yes
0: it's it's so hard dude it's so hard
1: it's like I'm (laughs) believe me when you come out of your 20s you'll be like thank god that's over
0: (laughs) god I freaking hope so was such a
1: decade. I mean, for me, it was almost two decades now, so it feels like whoa. But it was like, like I'm, I'm glad that I have yeah. a knowledge now about disability that I didn't then.
0: Not only the vocabulary, like I can't, I can't imagine what, how like, I don't know. You'd low key be gaslighting yourself if you did. Oh, actually.
1: all the time, and like I, even with the language, I still gaslight myself. Even yes. with the right, even with the even with it I do. So like. Yeah. The fact that you're talking about it and you want to talk about it in the music industry and you want to like bring it out there at such a young age, is like, that's important. That's awesome. Because
0: wh- What else am I going to do? Just pretend that my cane doesn't exist and that I don't like taking 14 hour nap.
1: I mean, 14 hour naps are great.
0: They're so good. And literally, <laughs> there was one time I took a 14 hour nap and I was like, we did a music video. So I was like walking like super tiny steps. And then I wo- I woke up and I was like, I can feel my legs again. <laughs> it's just so weird. I was just like,
1: "Huh?" Oh, disability. And what you didn't see was that Danny just showed me her legs. That's amazing. I'm I'm <laughs> here for it. Next up. <laughs> um, one of the things I know we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. is you said disability aids and how hot it would be if they if we made them our mainstream and yeah. accepted. How do you think we do that?
0: I think okay, one, I think the fact that like I I wanna have multiple canes. I want to have multiple like like occasion canes. Like right now I have I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna grab it because I forget what I put on it. I <laughs> like put this little smiley face on my cane and it's like a pink smiley face. And just to remind me like you one it's pink so I can't like miss my cane um but I was thinking like it would be so cool if we made canes like and like mobility aids generally more fashionable
1: there is I don't know where I've seen it but there's somebody on Instagram her my friend Lucy Dawson who's Mm -hmm. a model in the UK and she has some fucking badass canes
0: oh my god I I don't write that down
1: (laughs) I will find her proper Instagram handle and I'll send it to you. I don't know where she got them, but they're really cool, like straight up purple canes, like totally badass canes. And I think they're custom made for every person that has, they're fucking badass. And I'll I'll connect you to her and find out where she got hers because they're amazing.
0: Yes, please. I just think like we should make like, not that I'm saying like people who don't need canes should use canes, but people who are in the entertainment sphere kind of, that's not the right word, but the closest word I'm going to get to, like weaponizing their disability and just being like, what's up, bitch, I got this. And like, just making it more of a thing, like, and just seeing more people with canes doing things with canes. I just feel like, and mobility age generally, just like, why, why don't we make like, why don't we make them more accessible and more just like people use these? Let's make them glam. Let's make yeah. Them-
1: let's make them pop. Like let's make them sexy. Like like I'm looking at your cane and I'm seeing like you got it at shopper's didn't you?
0: I did. I did get this. Yeah,
1: straight up shopper's cane. Like wouldn't mean- wouldn't I mean and shoppers should have like a sexy cane aisle. Wouldn't it be great?
0: They should, like the cane aisle ranges from shiny black grandma
1: yeah like it's not hot and I, I know I like I said my, I know my friend Lucy 100% has a sexy can I will find it for you and I'll make sure that like you are connected or we can crowdfund getting you. I don't know we'll figure it out but like
0: <laughs> we're gonna have a, like a fundraiser Danny's sexy can.
1: <laughs> I'm here for it 100% <laughs>
0: Like, I, I was thinking about, like, having, like, a cane, like, one, like, a bedazzled cane. Very pretty.
1: Oh, I then, love it. And then, like, your yeah. hooker cane. And then, like, your...
0: And then, like, this one, like, this would be so easy to just... A lot of the stuff that my aesthetic is, like, very girl next door, very cute and floral and, like, pink. And I would think it would be so cool if I, like, strong flowers around it.
1: Oh, yeah. I love that idea.
0: People have those, like, pretty... Um, Mike stands with the flowers and I was like, why don't I have that with my cane?
1: You hundred percent should have that with your cane. You do that. I support this all the way through. Yeah. Like, um I I think every mobility device should be glammed out.
0: Yeah, I think I think we should all be just like dripped up. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, I totally I totally agree.
0: Like, One of
1: the things yeah. that I I mean I could sit and talk with you about so many different things. Yes. One of the things that I want to chat about, though, because I think it's important, is I want to talk about um, Ontario Disability Support and why it is the way it is, and how you feel about that.
0: ODS oh, poverty. <laughs> I think it's it's first of all, Serb, the fact that CERB was out there and the government was like, we had the money all along, and
1: wasn't that the worst? That, that made we, me so like, angry. So-
0: angry I was so angry and then like I remember like if you have if you're on ODSP you couldn't apply for CERB because they would take it away from your ODSP and I was just like what you mean people who are the most vulnerable in this time don't get extra support and you're just gonna leave us all out here to die why
1: I mean I don't know if anyone's gonna listen to this but I took it anyway I was like "Mm, okay like I'm taking it smart I don't know if if they're going to come after me but I definitely was like I'm taking it
0: you should take I just feel like one socialism is sexy and we should we should have more of that like we should just have more like universal basic income why not why not the quality why everyone better
1: yeah and like you know we're in the middle of for those in in the U.S., ODSP is the Ontario Disability Support Program. If you're listening, it's like, what is that? That's basically...
0: welfare, basically. Yeah,
1: it's basically our SSI, and a lot of us live on that. Mm-hmm. I do, and I know how, like, I know how shady the system is, and I have to play games all the time where I lie, and I'm like, I didn't make a dollar. What are you talking about? No, no, I'm poor.
0: Money, shut up. It's not real.
1: Yeah, it's pretend, like, all the time, all the time. All and the then, time. you know what you know CERB was the Canadian emergency response benefit mm-hmm. that all of us got during the pandemic except if you were disabled apparently. yeah
0: which is and like so like be like the maximum I think you get is like 1,169 eh, yeah. <laughs> but and then like CERB was $2,000 and it was just like so you're saying that the basic amount that someone would need to function is two thousand and make it make sense.
1: Yeah, make and we, sense. yeah. And so like, you know, and we're in the middle of an election cycle here when we're recording this in Ontario and we're all of us are talking about like, what the fuck, ODSP? It needs to be we need to be, we need to have at least twenty five hundred a month to be okay.
0: At least. And then With, like it's just oh it's just And so like fun. you know,
1: you you know what it's like being a creative. You're always hustling. You have, like, seven jobs that you're doing all the time. And so, like, you know, ODSP, don't listen to this. But, like, I don't tell them half the shit that I do because I know they'll take my money away. So, I just play. What do you mean? What do you
0: mean? No, I'm just a a dumb disabled person who doesn't contribute to society. Like, I want to perpetuate the idea you have of me. I'm definitely not. Yeah,
1: just so I get my money. What are you even talking about? Like, so... (laughs) it's a hot it's really tough right now and i wish that our social systems would just be fucking better
0: i wish it would like the one of the other things was like if you if i i live by myself right now and i it basically it says if you have a roommate um and you share bills you could be considered married and like oh
1: yeah
0: by odsp and then you would get odsp as two people and the amount for two people together is less than two people separate so you get even less money and you oh get... yeah
1: you this is why there's no real marriage equality until we can also get married like what yeah. the fuck um yeah. tell me about why you hate radical acceptance
0: <laughs> this might be a hot take but sometimes I think specifically like mental health people a lot of them don't have the lived experience of being disabled and struggling with accessibility. And so sometimes I think that they can perpetuate radical acceptance and sometimes it feels just kind of ableist. It's like, it's like, I radically accept that I am the way that I am. And then I feel like it dismisses the fact that like, if I radically accept the way that I am, like, cool, I'm still angry about it. They kind of I feel like sometimes radical acceptance can be a way to dismiss the grief and the anger and all of the other feelings about being someone with a disability. And I, I just don't think it's healthy. Like some, I just don't like it as a concept, which is just part of just me and my mental health journey. But I just think like, it's so important to feel the feelings that you're feeling instead of going, i radically accept that things are the way that they are like yes and no and
1: i um, want to be angry as fuck like then that's that, okay like I, I think i think you're right totally
0: it's just like sometimes i think like mental health needs just to like there's a lot of <laughs> sometimes when i'm out in the real world and i'm talking to people and they're talking about mental health i'm like did you learn all of this on instagram did you have you talked to <laughs> a person off the internet in a, in, a, in a bit? Because there is there is this statement somebody said. Somebody was like, <laughs> "Somebody was like, intentional weight loss is fat phobia," and maybe sometimes. But I feel like this blanket statements like radical acceptance and this is this bad thing. Just yeah. <laughs> Completely wipe out the nuance of it like for <laughs> it's like in what's the word I oh. used to
1: do exactly what you're telling what you're talking about in the disability series. I used to do sometimes I still do it I'm like I'm as you're talking I'm sitting there thinking when what was the last tweet I put out did I did I say that how I said that so like thank you for that because it's gonna remind me to like go back in the nuance and be like oh there's nuance here that we're not looking at oh but, yeah
0: I think like sometimes easier to um forget about the nuance and to just go completely like why are we not talking about this like all people blah 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 like I think it's so important to acknowledge like the different nuances and the different situations and like just being I don't know I just I just think like radical acceptance erases the nuance and sometimes it's easier for our brains especially brains that are going through grief
1: trauma yeah
0: trauma it's easier to go this applies to everything and see things in black and white versus like
1: all the colors in between
0: colors in between there are some sexy colors in between i mean
1: right so many sexy colors um (laughs) how do you one of the things i know you put here and there's so much we could talk about and i almost want to do a part part two with you because there's so much that we could like (laughs) talk about oh my goodness um But how do you think you create your own opportunities as a disabled creative?
0: So that's something I'm so proud of. Um, I just, there weren't a lot of opportunities that were accessible to me because one of the things is I'm, I'm a first generation immigrant. So I don't have like the financial support of like family that have been here for years. And so I don't have like a lot of people in the music industry, um, I don't know if people talk about it but sometimes people in the music industry it's just nepotism it's just nepotism <laughs> if you if you look at like even the entertainment industry like if somebody has the last name like Nicolas Cage is a Coppola and a Coppola is like this family tree of like filmmakers that have been filmmakers for decades and one of the reasons he has the opportunities he has is because he was born into it, not to say that he's not talented or cool, but yeah, of course, he just had more of an opportunity. And as someone who <laughs> I was four months old and I I plopped right onto here in Canada and I didn't I was <laughs> I am the opportunities. I am the beginning of that opportunity tree. And so um, I have been like running and like starting to create kind of like writing camps that are more um inclusive I guess like and just more like hey I am a disabled person and I have these accessibility needs so I want to talk about this and I want to create things based on my experiences and give other people like people of color and um, people who are like LGBTQ plus and like different walks of life kind of the opportunity to create things um, that they might otherwise not have been able to yeah um, I And also, like, some of my homies are just, we be intersectional. We're just intersectional. <laughs> <laughs> like, a great excuse to, like, hang out with them. Um And just kind of, as a disabled person, I have so many things that I can't do. So I often have to manufacture jobs out of my own bum. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, like yeah. A- like, the job I'm doing right now, this podcast that I'm talking about right now, I made yes. it out of nothing because I was like, I need something to do.
0: Yes. Yes, literally. I, yeah, and, like, one of the things I do is I write songs for, like, film and TV, so, like, I, when I write songs for these writing camps, it's kind of, like, an opportunity to pitch it to, like, um, stuff that I wouldn't otherwise be able to pitch to, like, I, I think Canada's great for, like, the arts, because it, it's really, it, they really like equity, which is so good because that means voices like mine get amplified and get given um, resources they wouldn't otherwise have like I was doing the uh, TD Socan creative incubator and they gave me mentors that were just people that I wouldn't have been able to access if I wasn't born into like they're my family friend or they're I don't know we've been working together for years because I'm an old person in the industry yeah yeah true like being a young person getting to access mentors through that one and the rbc launchpad creative incubator is just so important and having this opportunity and having the voices that the voice that i do have i manufacture jobs into fitting that and then also because i have these opportunities i want to share it with other people that are in similar situations and make cool music
1: i think that's really awesome and i think that like you being disabled in this industry yeah. writing or being a person with disabilities in this industry and writing about stuff and taking your accessibility needs to a writing camp or to somebody yeah. like RBC Launchpad and being like hey here's what my accessibility needs are that's yeah. really important and I think the more you normalize that for them and give them a chance to be like oh we're not accessible at all what the fuck how do we do that like that's yeah. really that's awesome It's it's really funny
0: just like I think, like, as someone with a disability, you just have to, like, educate people all of the time, like, always.
1: Even when you don't fucking want to, you're like, oh, I have to, I have to. because Um, I gotta
0: gotta tell you that I can't look at flashing lights. Like, I gotta tell you that sometimes my brain's gonna go, "Ah, and just by existing and taking up space in these spaces, people are um, just introduced to the fact that, like, it's, it, I think, like, some people, before I became their friend, like a disabled person was a concept, a first generation immigrant (laughs) was also a concept. And because like, I'm from Guelph. So in Guelph, it's it's a very white. It's like small
1: town, white town mentality, right?
0: Yeah. It's like Riverdale minus the diversity.
1: Oh no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so just by existing and having relationships with people, they're like introduced and, desensitized to the fact like disabled people aren't like stereotypes and
1: yeah they're not a monolith and we look
0: for real people
1: and we come from everywhere and like yeah you have a cane but that doesn't mean you're not disabled and yeah like <laughs> you you're not a wheelchair user but that doesn't mean you're not disabled and like huh. yeah. yeah um there's so much that I could talk with you here about yeah. we could do a whole like other hour um, <laughs> but for this hour, we're coming near to the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. so really quickly, what are three ways we can make the music industry in Canada less ableist?
0: Less stairs,
1: <laughs> less <laughs> stairs,
0: more elevators, please, dear God. Um, even if you're not, if you're not disabled, nobody likes those flights of stairs. Everyone at the end of the no stairs why, why, why? Less- less stairs please more elevators and more access to those um and then in the music industry just kind of like more equity-based programs because there are so many good stories and so many good voices that just don't have the chance to shine and talk because of the opportunities that they weren't born into like the fact that the people um like I think house is a really good um Words. Words.
1: Example. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Like,
1: oh, like. Whoa, Google. Nobody was talking yeah. to you. It's so like okay. I try
0: again. Can, I, can I be part of it? Um. Yeah. Um. So RBC and Launchpad, I think, are very good at being um aware of disability and just like are like, hey, what do you need? Like, what are your pronouns? What accessibility needs do you have? And I love them for that and like amplifying voices that otherwise wouldn't have a chance. So stairs amplifying voices and talking about equity and giving people who wouldn't have a voice otherwise and then lastly I want which is something I've seen you talk about but I want to see more disabled people have sex on tv (laughs) well the porn but like as in I would love it if there was like like a, a show and then there was a disabled character and they were like let's get it on
1: okay well I can promise you, I don't know when I'm releasing this, but I can promise you that stuff is coming. Stuff's coming. That's all I'm going to say about it. Cause,
0: That's so hot.
1: But it's coming. And yeah. I don't know when, the, maybe by the time this is released, I can say more about it, but all I can say right now is it's coming.
0: Yeah. I. Oh my God. And like, also, I love the superhero genre. I would love like, a superhero that has mobility aids. I just feel like there's such a, like, can you imagine, like, <laughs> this is my pitch to be part of Marvel. I'm
1: this ready. Is
0: an Asian superhero. She walks with a cane. So it's like, oh, she can't run. But then somebody tries cane, to pop
1: her. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I could see that. I'm here for it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Danny, I, this is so This is so fun. Eluel everywhere. It was a great hour. Um yeah. Thank you so much for for talking about your um, fibro, your brain injury, the music industry being hilarious the whole time. <laughs> it was so fun. How do the people? How can the people that are listening that are listening if they want to follow you? How can they do that?
0: I'm at Danny D A N I dot S A L D O. Um, everywhere, like I'm pretty sure my Instagram is Danny Saldo. Um, and then my TikTok is danny.saldo. I think I exist on Twitter, but I don't use it as much as I should.
1: And I don't um, blame you. Twitter's a trash fire. Uh...
0: Yeah, those are the ones that I'm the most active on. You can reach me there. Um, you can also hit me up at Abstract A B S T R C T Music, which is my writing camp thingy, and um, I post stuff that I do in the music industry with my writing team on there. So that's where you can reach me.
1: Nice. I'll make sure that all this stuff's in the show notes for all the people to follow you because the because you're first of all you're hilarious. It was so fun to <laughs> sit down with you. Um, I had such a fun time chatting. Uh, you're you're awesome. This was great. Um, would you like thank to you so hang much.
0: Out and grab drinks or hang out. Just sometime. I would love it. It'd
1: be so fun. We should you, me, and my Alex should hang out sometime. We definitely should. I'm
0: gonna be like, hey Alex, I uh, hit up your brother.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now we need to all be friends and we'll all be home-ing. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you both go to L.A., I'll just tag along.
0: Okay, you should tag along. Oh, me and Alex will, like, write a song about our sexy mobility
1: aids. <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> it would be so great. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. Here. This song
0: dedicated disability Do the
1: song about wheelchairs.
0: <laughs> vroom, vroom.
1: I'm here for it. Danny Salo, thank you so much for being here today. I had so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, And you and I will, I want to have you back for what for something. We'll figure it out.
0: Oh yeah, we'll figure
1: it out. We're in contact now. We'll hang out. Awesome. Alright, we'll talk to you soon. Thank
0: you. Bye. Bye.
1: See, now I told you that it was a fantastic interview with Danny, and one of the things I loved about her interview was how young she was and how how honest she was about navigating her disability experience. And I think that talking to the more and more I do the show and the more and more I talk to young folks younger folks than me dealing with disability and, and coming to terms with that and and navigating that in such a powerful conversation. And also I like the way that she did it with such humor and brevity and honesty. And I, I really, really appreciated her. And I hope you enjoyed it. I want to let you know also that this show is for you. I want you to be a guest on the show. I want you to come on the show and talk with me about your experiences. And I know I am I, I will, I'll be the first to admit that I'm the master of the reschedule. I know how to reschedule like the best of them because I reschedule my stuff a lot. So I do want to have you on the show and I want you to come talk to me. So please feel free to email me directly. Um, I had a, a scheduling program, which I still sort of have up there, but it, it never fucking works. So just email me directly at com. Let me know you want to come on the show and we will set that up for you. Um, this was... Again, a really, really awesome interview, and I can't wait to be there for the next one. So here's the regular outro, and we'll see you in two weeks, friends. Bye! Alright, friends, that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I was, of course, your delectable daddy host, Andrew Gerza. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening, and shining a bright light on disability stories with me. If you want to follow all my work, and see all my links and all the cool stuff I'm doing, you can head over to my new website, aagurza.com. And all my stuff is there. My social links are there. My website is there. My podcast is there. Everything is there. And you can follow along with the show that way. If you want to leave a review for the show, please do so wherever you get your podcast. It really does help keep the bright lights shining on this show. If you want to support the show financially, and get the show one day early, completely ad-free, as well as a shout-out on the air, consider pledging as little as $1 a month or $5 a month or more by going to patreon.com slash disability after dark. Stay comfy, cozy, and crippled, and we'll shine a bright light on disability stories next time. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials, graphics, audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Cripple Co. Productions at disability after dark pod at gmail.com copyright twenty twenty three